Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. This afternoon, I'm going to provoke something in you. Praise the Lord. I'm going to provoke something in you to the glory of God because I feel it's the conviction of the hour. Sometimes, Many of us today, especially in the body of Christ, we have entered into an age um, of consumerism. We have entered into the age of humanism and many isms. That it's a very hard sentence to define God in some places of the world because some people have long forgotten or even lost the strand uh, of God. So we are in a dispensation where in some parts, even of the world, sadly, you talk about God and it's a foreign thing. Some people don't even know that there is a God that exists. And uh, statistically, they are telling us that every day Christianity now is going down and downhill. Before COVID, they were saying already there was a challenge as 80% of the churches in the world are below 200 members. And after COVID, the recent report has now given the average of about 136 and below. That's 80% of the churches in the world. And the substitution of that is now other religions, uh, other things that people call faith, but are deeply rooted in demonic or satanic worship. The new age has come on so strong. You find Christians that are doing new age and some Eastern transcendental meditations. Now they're in the church or even outside. They are like normal. It's like today you find a Christian and they tell you I'm doing yoga, but they don't even know the foundation of yoga and where it came from or what it means, you know? Um, so a lot is wanting in the question of what is happening in the world, what is happening? As some of you are reading on television, especially in the most developed nations, the things that people are doing, the decisions that governments are making, you know, touching many aspects of life, it even shudders, you know, your heart to think where the world is going. You know, the things that we never thought would be legalized in certain spaces have now been legalized openly and people don't have shame for it because you know, God has departed. Today you get into a certain place, there are certain nations I enter, and something hits you right away the moment you enter that nation. Like Paul says, some, is it Athens? Bible tells us he goes to a city, Athens, and his spirit was vexed. He was stirred in spirit because the Bible says that the city was wholly given into idolatry. You know, when a nation or a people, a community or family have a relationship with God, there is an atmosphere they release. There's a certain 
presence that comes out of a spirit that knows God and that creates something in the air. When you go in certain parts of a nation, you don't feel that. For people who are spiritually sensitive, certain spaces are destructive. They are disruptive. They are disturbing. You know, you feel distracted and disturbed in your spirit when you enter certain places. Why? Because of how much idolatry, you know, has come into the world. And ultimately, the quill lies with the church. But then what do we do with a church every day that is losing the power? You know, and, and today we are going into more like cheaper versions, you know, of ministration where like the gurus that people watch on YouTube or, you know, self-help teachers and counselors. We are motivational speakers, forgetting the foundation of the gospel, that it is the power of God and to salvation to the Jew and to the Gentile. And let me tell you something. Once the power of God leaves the altar, it means anything can enter our altars. Anything can enter, you know, our spaces. Many of the challenges that we see in the world is because the power is departing every day. Being an ardent student and teacher, by the way, of church history, have studied both ancient and modern. If you look at where we're going right now, we are in a time where the power of God is least demonstrated in human history almost. And because that power is not there, many people are turning, you know, to fallen uh, gods and fallen oracles and shadows, leaving the substance which is of Christ. Many people are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, even as the doctrines of Christ. One time I flew to Hong Kong and uh, I was in a service house to preach that evening. It was an evening service. People were praying and, you know, there was a choir. So when I got on, I wanted to sing a few more songs and then get on to preach. And then on my left, I turn, I see an individual who was drumming. Now, I was confused a bit because they looked like they were a lady, but they also looked like they were a man. So I could not tell. So <laughs> I couldn't tell because they were dressed, you know, interestingly. So anyway... I preach and I preach and this person stays in that corner. But while in the middle of the preaching, as I'm sharing the word, I'm sharing the word, my spirit starts to grieve and pain for this person when understanding came to me that this person was trying to find themselves. And so I'm preaching, but my heart is weeping. I'm saying, God, how do I help this person? How do I help? How, how do I help? What do I need to do, Holy Spirit? And it can't be like this, you know? What do I need to do? And the Spirit of the Lord gives me an instruction. So as it was, I finished preaching. And as I'm praying for people, I walk to this individual and lay hands on them. When I lay hands on them, I kid you not, the power of God goes through this person, rolls her through the drums that were there, were all broken, shattered the microphones, went to this extreme end. From there, rolled back. Two or three men came to hold this lady and they couldn't she was so strong something manifested real time service ended still slain in the power of the holy spirit the next day this person comes dressed in a dress looking like a woman and i realized this that only the power of god can define us. 
only the power of God can define us. There are people who are struggling and I feel so much love and, you know, sympathy for them. Because perhaps some have never encountered the power that can help them. We judge, but we don't help people. You see, because the church, the church is not demonstrating this power. There are things that cannot stand in the presence of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know, in today's church, a witch can walk into any church and sit and even come on the altar and greet people and go back and sit. Those are not things that are supposed to be happening in the presence of God. Yes, we can try to be politically correct. But let me tell you, heaven is going to demand so much from us because we have claimed to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are things that are so compromised even in the things we call worship that predominantly cannot stand where the prince of God is. Some of you have heard of the story of a gentleman, a wonderful man of God called Benton in Dahosite, Nigeria. He's one of the founding fathers of the Pentecostal movement right there. So we have had stories, great stories, but one of the stories that catches me, there was a time the witches, you know, in Africa, these witches have days where they agree to congregate in a certain nation for a conference. So they agree and say, okay, this year we're doing the conference, say, in Senegal. So guys from Zambia, Zimbabwe, Ivory Coast, and all of these kinds of, they all what? Congregate in that place, and then they do a conference. So that date was for Nigeria. Betson Idahosa stands before television and radio and says, no witch doctor conference is going to take place in this land. Boldly, unapologetically. The witches say it will take place. Benson says, no. Christians start praying now, man of God, you're going to even die. Why did you even start this conversation? So as it was, I'm told, the story is told that they had to call them before television. They called the witch doctor and this wonderful man of God. You say there will be no conference. You say the conference will take place. What should we expect? You know how news people love drama. So while in the midst of that conversation it is said, this wonderful man of God, Benson Edahosa, turns to witch doctor and tells him, look straight through that camera and say that you're a witch doctor. The Bible says, suffer not a witch to live. I will kill you now. Look into the camera and say, I am a witch doctor. The guy says, no, you say that you are a witch through the camera and tell the world that you are. The man couldn't. He said, I'm not a witch. <laughs> Even a witch denied his profession. Somebody shout hallelujah. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. To the Jew and to the Gentile. So, that conference didn't happen. That conference didn't happen. Because you still had people who had the guts. You remember the time when Idi Amin was president of this nation? He wanted to build the biggest mosque East and Central Africa. Oh, Kambala there. Some of our fathers then of the Chiwempe movement, who later come into the Chiwempe movement of 1979, before, while they were still young men, they said, no, this altar will not stand here. They go in the night, and I know some of them personally. They move around this mosque and speak words and say, no, these are not the altars to stand in a Christian nation. And let me tell you what happened. <laughs> that mosque froze. Something happened and it could not be built. 
it was rebuilt to completion recently i think 15 or so years you remember that time and this man comes and stands in a stadium and mocks the god of abraham isaac and jacob and said christianity is fake and the next thing we know he was out because you see the gospel the gospel is powerful it's powerful some of these things especially to the younger generation have to be reminded because we are seeing a new breed of ministers that are you know coming up and many people don't and cannot connect to that life you understand i have been a follower of wonderful graces and for me i'm a follower of faith i'm not a follower of motivation excuse my language i know that it might be disturbing but that's just who i am you know like i said today we have many motivational you know speakers and it's okay to motivate but motivation can't get cancer out of a woman's body motivation can't dry a fibroid you understand motivation can't fix a marriage it's more than that it's the power of god so i've been a follower for me i'm a follower of people who can demonstrate faith you know the bible says be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises god has called you to be a follower of a man's faith all right and of course as i'm growing i struggled because some even though with the right faith i might not agree with their doctrines you see uh some of them i did not agree with their way of life their manner of doing things and i could put that aside and follow the faith you understand because some of you say ah no because this person doesn't see this doctrine right therefore everything is wrong no they could be a gifted anointed man but indifferent the bible tells you of a man called apollos apollos the bible says was fervent in the spirit fervent in the spirit and mighty in scriptures he was an eloquent man but the bible says he beheld the doctrine of john but he was fervent in the spirit if you wanted to judge apollos spirit it was fervent that means he was prudent in the spirit he had enough divine insight to move things in the spirit realm when he prayed you know when he stood to minister but he beheld another doctrine now, one wonderful couple priscilla and aquila they take this fellow at the side the bible says and expound unto him the way of god more perfectly he's an example of a man who didn't know everything as he ought to know but he was gifted and anointed by god you see i'll give another story some of you if you have had uh, some modern history tl osborne meets a man called william branham william branham had strange teachings right he taught a uh, serpent you know slept with eve to bring cain random things you can't you can't follow his doctrine but you could not doubt that william was anointed by god you couldn't that man was anointed by god but there are things that never came through one of his helpers gordon links he actually warned him and told him you were called to heal the sick but don't teach because teaching is not your call but he wanted to teach he loved to teach you know and uh, it did not end well but tlo's bonds impartations actually come from William Branham you see I could give another example Smith Wigglesworth whom I'm going to talk about a bit later Smith Wigglesworth's graces through his wife Polly all connect to one man called Alexander Dowie who later messed up in life had funny doctrines that you can't agree with he at one point believed he was Elijah and stuff like that but when it came to the healing grace of God the ministration of faith Alexander Dowie was up there 
Smith Wigglesworth picked the faith and understood the pattern of healing, but he didn't take the doctrine that Alexander Dowie taught. So yes, it's great maturity to understand that you can actually be a follower of a man's faith. Because some of you don't know how to connect to graces. You can be around an anointing. You can be around a distinct mantle and still fail to connect to an anointing. You can be around greatness and still fail to glean from what God has placed on that person. They don't necessarily need to be a pastor like me. They could be a business person. If you're next to a millionaire, you should know how a million dollars is made. It's that simple. The Bible says that there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. But the foolish man spends it up. The word spends it up means you can waste the opportunity to elevate you when you come in contact with greatness. There are people who are millionaires in dollars because they just came in contact with a millionaire in dollars. And they started talking to them, having a cup of tea. They started exchanging pleasantries and they started to study their lives and being followers of their pattern. And some of them have very disciplined principles that they live by. And maybe those are the simple principles that you need to adapt for you to connect to the anointing. But wherever there is a wise man, the Bible says there's always going to be an anointing available for you and a treasure that your spirit should desire. Whenever you get to a person who is better than you in a certain thing, don't seek to fight or criticize them or what not. Learn. Sit and study them as a specimen and say, how does she do this? How does she progress in this? When you study that, it will change you. Uh, my first employer, the lady who taught me how to do business, I learned so much from her. So much by simply observing how she traded, how she dealt, how she negotiated. I could just study this woman and learn things. There are things that, you know, business school would not teach me. There are things I could just observe and understand that this is how they do it. There was something shedding off from her spirit to mine. Some things are not going to come from a mountain. No. Why do we read great books? We read great books because you're trying to fall onto something, to connect onto something, to invite something in your spirit. You must want that, okay? So, I have been a follower of faith because there are things I was looking for, especially in my younger years of ministry, that I was not seeing in the realms I was, you know, uh, positioned in. And, and so I started to search and I had many questions and I had a list of great men that I followed, the Kennedy Huggins, many of them. But among them, there is no man that I have learned faith of like this man called Smith Wigglesworth. And allow me to just engage you, give you a few examples to help you understand why I have to say the things I must say this afternoon. A story is given, Smith Wigglesworth walks to a crippled person crippled lady he stretches his hand towards this lady and say walk in the name of Jesus pulls her off the wheelchair and she falls down and people in the congregation are offended and he drugs her he's dragging her he says you must walk you see he drags the woman till she's tired of being drugged and she walks Now, disclaimer, you better have the faith because you could land yourself in trouble. But I kept asking myself, what in this man's heart knew that this crippled person must walk? What audacity of faith did this individual have that our generation has no confidence even to rebuke a flu? Are you following what I'm saying? Somebody shout fire. One time they bring a woman with a 
tumor, stage four. And they come carrying her. He was the man who would enter a meeting and say, I want to deal with the sickest person first. Get me the sickest. No, he's not asking for, let me first pray for headaches and flu. He says, get me the most complicated case. I want to begin from up going down. So they bring a woman with a tumor. They bring her on the stage. He tells them, let her go. They let her go. She falls. Boom. He tells them, get her up. She must stand. They put her up and he tells them, let her go. Again, boom, she falls down. Again, like the offense of the cripple. People are screaming, what's wrong with you? Why are you hurting this woman? Some are even walking out. This man is mad. By the time they do it the fourth time, she stands up. Her skin is as of a baby. The tumor is on the floor. It's on the floor. Oh, it's on the floor. It's on the floor. He slapped tumors off men's faces. It's like one time I was seeing, was this a video of Jack Hall? A woman comes with a tumor, this size on the face. He says, God is going to heal you. He gets his hand, carries the tumor like he's taking off a bandage, and the thing falls off, he throws it there. Life, and the skin is healing. There's a video on this, and you're like, Hey! Shanda Bradega Zogatalapa. Says, are you healed? You're healed. Cleans her face, and the woman goes back. And the guy finishes his service like nothing has happened because he's living in a certain realm what happened to that generation how are we going to face the challenges that are coming when we don't have that much faith how are we going to define Christ when we are just speaking study men like John G. Lex the South Africans have heard of the stories a plague is hitting people people are dying He's carrying dead bodies with plague. Doctors are telling him, how come you're not falling sick? He says, I can't fall sick because the life of God is in me. They put this man under a microscope and every germ that touched his body died instantly. This is scientifically proven. So they asked this man, how? He says, the life of God is in me. And you... Hazmat suits and masks, COVID, I might, I will get COVID. Somebody sneeze and oh, go away from me. Oh! The Bible says, if the son of God returns, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find faith? This might not be a popular sermon, but I told you, I'll preach you until you walk on water. Because the next move of God is not going to compromise on his work. Somebody shout hallelujah. Such a boldness. This man goes to mortuaries. Smith Wigglesworth raised 27 dead bodies on record. And he got majority from mortuary. He walks there, gets a body, puts it on the wall. The story is given. He got a body and put it on the wall. A dead cold body. Carried it with his own strength and put it on the wall and says, you must leave. Burn. It goes down. He raises it until this person says, what am I doing? They came back to life. Cold! Not almost dying. Somebody shout hallelujah. And this man read the same Bible I'm reading. He spoke the same. <laughs> Tell somebody I have the life of God. I want to awaken something. I want to awaken something. I want to awaken something. So every time I would read Smith, I just find myself provoked to say things that I, I have spoken dangerous things. You know, let me tell you something. 
when the whole world is watching and all cameras on you and you carry the boldness to say people are growing teeth and you say come out and the cameras start looking for who is coming out and then two three four five people come and say my teeth have grown in fact there's one who grew two two you've seen that do you know boldness you you must have to say the lemma walking and you say it a lame person is walking put down your stick start walking and you're sure that a camera will turn on a person walking because you believe i dare you to stand before a camera and speak something you're not sure of that's when you'll understand the weight of the confidence that god requires for us to do these things by him let me tell you something this is not for a special man of god no the difference between us is and many of you is we chose to believe we just chose to believe we just chose to believe we just chose to believe because we have a cloud of witnesses we have a cloud of witnesses i remember one time when new jersey and I was preaching in a pastor's meeting. Man, God can choose to announce you. <laughs> God can choose to announce you. So I'm preaching in this pastor meeting, and some pastor was it from his team or what? Skyscrapled is in a wheelchair. And I just felt the boldness of the spirit in me tell me, draw this man to attention and tell him to walk out of his wheelchair. These men are all watching. Pastors, he's a minister too. So I draw this man out of his wheelchair and I tell him, You're going to walk now. All these men are looking. But there's just something inside there that tells you he has to either walk or walk or 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 exactly. Now, I just remember he had these things. He was, uh, his legs were lying. So I, I put them on the side. I said, get him, give up. And this man just walks up and starts walking. <laughs> Glory to God. Now it's so beautiful to know that I can actually believe a God who works. Me, layman, praise the Lord Jesus. This thing is beautiful to know that whether you're an usher or you're sitting in the back or you don't even know what it means to pray for the sick. Just to know that you can actually believe God and it works that is how you announce to the world let me tell you there are certain places you will never be introduced there are certain realms you will never stand in even though you're positioned for them until you do something to introduce you I told you I entered Malaysia and I just said, God, give me something. And there was a deaf boy. Boom! His ears are open. That's how we God can do something. You might not be a preacher, but in whatever God should do, pray for God to introduce you. For his glory. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a generation that is ready to believe God. Because he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. But you know what grieves my spirit? It's when I see many gifted people who are not functional. Because they don't know. They don't know. They've not come in contact with that power. They have not understood that grace. You study this man. 
and you know his flesh and blood. But the hand of the Lord was on Smith. So later on, one of his protégés, I think some of you have heard of one Lester Sumero. He visits Smith Wigglesworth one day. And then he knocks on the door and he has a, a newspaper, I think, under his armpit. Smith sees it and he says, leave that thing outside. Because Smith was so disciplined that not even a newspaper entered his house. He was a man only of the word. So he gets Sumerol into the house. Sumerol says, this man opens the Bible. Immediately, have a seat, opens the Bible. First time they're meeting. No pleasantries. How are you? So how is your grandmother? Ah, how are your children? No. He opens the Bible, reads scriptures. And after reading the scriptures, he tells him, let's pray. Now, Sumerol thinks we've read a scripture to pray, so now he explains. So after reading the scripture and praying, Smith opens another scripture and reads and then tells him, let's pray. And then after that, he opens another scripture and then tells him, let's pray. And that took on for hours. Then after that, he tells him, see you tomorrow. So Sumerol goes out disappointed because he's saying, hey, I thought this man was going to speak an impartation, speak a prophetic utterance and nothing. But Sumerol says he had an encounter by that, that moment he had with this man anointed. And it was the grace later that started to operate in his life. Even as another man called Howard Carter had had effect on him. He says he connected to the grace that was operating on Smith Wigglesworth and the faith operating on that man's life. Because he was in connection with him for those few moments. Literally, Smith lived the word. It's a story is given where one time he enters a church and asks them, how did you enter the church? And people say, we just came in. He says, no, that's not the right way you're supposed to enter. He gives them a scripture. He says, when you enter the gates, you enter with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So he tells them, go out. He sent out the whole church, the whole congregation, all of them. And everyone, man, woman, and child moved out. Then he says, now come in right. And people started coming in. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You are a good God. You're a wonderful God. You are a God of promises, a God of answers. We bless your holy name. And Smith says, that's how he entered the presence of God. I learned that also. When I'm entering the church or when I'm coming up on the grounds, I don't just enter. No, I enter the grounds with thanksgiving and praise in his courts. When you're coming into church, don't just come quickly. Oh, I lost my chair. I must. No, no, no. As you're putting your step in, I praise you my God I'm grateful tonight because you're going to plant something in my spirit that will echo through eternity you're defining me today you're aligning me today you're positioning me today you're revealing things to me today hallelujah praise God I bless your holy name that's the attitude that a man enters the presence of God Smith says the moment he wakes up and his feet step down poor the first thing that comes out of his mouth is tongues. I bless you, Lord, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully man. He says he would spend about 15 minutes just speaking who he is in Christ. Oh, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Great is he which is in me than he which is in the world. When I saw that, I learned it too. When I wake up, I speak through under my breath. I say, Father, I thank you because your life is in me. I'm more than a conqueror. Great things are happening in me. Hallelujah. Today is a wonderful day. 
the lines are falling in pleasant places i have a goodly heritage things are calibrating and aligning to agree with me because i'm the light of the world i'm the city on the hill you speak that even in your heart that's how he began his day he began his day full of god he carries his day full of god he spends his evening full of god how can he raise a dead body because smith learned something he learned a pattern and a secret that many people never knew so i went out to search and by the grace of god the spirit of the lord showed me this wonderful pattern you know where i found it i found it in psalms 27. i saw a pattern that our old teachers did not show us i think maybe they didn't know it because there was foundations that were built around some sort of ignorance in the church and i want to show you this i know your eyes are going to open to understand why some of us live the way we live he says that the lord is my light and my salvation this this reminds me of smith my teacher of faith he says the lord is my light and my salvation he says whom shall i fear you see this was a man who did not walk in fear because god was his light and his salvation and he is the strength of my life let me underline that he's the strength of my life soon i'm going to teach something on understanding the life that we have in christ why the bible says in romans i mean the bible calls it the spirit of life in christ because many people live less this is the highest realm this is the highest law of communion and intimacy this is where the power is demonstrated this is where you understand how to relate with god it's the law of the spirit of life i'll give you an example when the bible says by his stripes you were healed okay there was a provision of sickness before you went to healing but when the bible speaks of the life which is in you which is in christ jesus there is no provision of sickness in the first place because the bible says in romans by the spirit you mortify the transactions of the flesh so you transition from healing to divine health you don't fall sick in the first place. the spirit of life in christ it's a law you live by these men live by that law when you study john gilex he lived by that law when you study the alexander Dowis, they all live by a law higher some people are living by lower laws the lord is the strength of your life do you know what that means do you know what it means when paul says i'm dead yet i live yet not i but christ lives in me and the life that i now live i live by the faith of the son of god who gave himself for me he is dead yet he lives yet not he but christ and the life that he lives he lives by the faith of the son not in the son faith of the son who has known the difference not faith in the son his work of faith no faith of the son the operation of christ in him the hope of glory that's the life he lives christ in you the hope of glory to know that jesus is inside you your body can't carry cancer because jesus cannot have cancer do you know what that means do you know how many people can't believe this do you know how many people cannot dare to enter this blessedness men like ab simpson and many other men you study they understood this life they understood this life they understood what it means to live by the life of god to run a business by his life to run a ministry by his life 
to run a marriage by his life, to raise children by his life. You're not living like a human being. You're living supernaturally. You're living supernaturally. You're living supernaturally. You're living supernaturally. You know how to receive of that life. Now let's continue. He says, verses 2. Now, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foe, came up to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Listen to this. This man says, people, attacks came, wicked men came, enemies and foes came. That enemy could have been sickness, poverty, witchcraft, you know, demonic oppression, whatever it was. He says, when they came, they stumbled and fell. Everything that came to touch this man stumbled and fell. And whatever hosting comes against him his heart was not afraid nothing would come against him and he would lose peace or appetite even though war rose against him he just maintained one confidence and this was the confidence next verse he says one thing i have desired of the lord is that i will seek after that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the lord and inquire in his courts the presence of god the relationship and intimacy he had with god was his confidence who has understood what i just said you dwell so deeply with god that when they tell you you have hypertension or you have diabetes why because you know what you have with god the secret of god like job says is upon your tabernacle oh he says this was the confidence i had they stumbled and fell everything that came to touch me it could not touch me why because i was somewhere i was in a certain presence when the bible says he that dwells in the secret place of the most high god the Bible says you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. These are not men trying to understand the demons that are coming to attack them. The 17 ways the demons can attack you. The seven gates through which demonic activity can enter. The doors that are open and are closed by demonic activity. The demon of your great-grandfather's father. The generational curses of your auntie's uncle. You know, the witchcraft in your family's village. And how to break the portals that are attacking you. And sometimes it comes with such beautiful semantic and language. And people think that because the vocabulary is wonderful, therefore the revelation is sure some people don't know the difference some of you live a lower life instead of understanding christ in you the hope of glory you're being taught which demon which demon comes through your uncle which auntie's generation is coming through and that is why charlatans are coming on the altar they are masquerading as men of god they're simply witch doctors and soothsayers and they are prophesying literally some altars are like as if you've gone to a shrine Oh, your uncle bewitched you. Your cousin bewitched you. Your sister's cousin bewitched you. What does it mean to be a new creature? The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all this past and all things are become new. And the next line says, and all things are of God, which has reconciled us unto himself. And he has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. All things are of God. My kidneys are of God. My liver is of God. My heart is of God. My blood is of God. I cannot carry a generational disease. Glory to God. Why? Because now greater is he which is in me than he. Oh man, does he baradega sopralegado.
You worried about, oh, the generational curse that attacked my cousin's sister. It is coming back next week. There are other men who are in another realm. They're in the presence of God, gleaming of his goodness, receiving in his sanctuary, inquiring in his courts, receiving of divine wisdom, divine impartation. They're separating the permissible from the beneficial, the lawful from the expedient. The wisdom of God is giving them insight to know the mind and heart of God concerning purpose. They're being enriched and empowered by the spirit of God. They are filled. So when trouble comes, when attacks come, when the wicked come, when disease comes, when anything comes, if you send witchcraft on them, you can't touch them. Why? Because they are firm, hidden in God. Somebody said amen. He continues to say, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. When a man has been dwelling in the presence of God for so long, when an attack comes, God hides him. You know those people who every day are being taught about which demon attacked who? They are not in the presence. So, they are not. That's what they will need to break this. Then after breaking that, instead of, instead of sitting in the presence to be transformed, the Bible says, as we behold, like in the mirror, the glory of God, we are changed. They're in damage control. They're waiting until the trouble comes. And when it hits hard, now somebody needs to help them show them keys of deliverance. And you know such people, they're always in circles. They never get delivered. It's one thing after another, one trouble after another, one issue after. When they come out of one problem, they're hit by the next. It's always a cycle of problems upon problems, demons upon demons. And the more complicated it becomes, the more they are deceived to think that the devil is stronger. Yet this man on the cross said, it is finished. But this is the problem again, like I said. They don't understand the life. They don't understand the life. This man has told you, when I'm in the presence and I'm beholding his beauty, inquiring in his courts, as I invest time to know God, cancer can't come near because it can't dwell in the presence of God. Disease cannot come. Bondage cannot come. Demonic activity cannot come. Why? Because I am in the presence. Listen, God cannot allow disease to hit you. A straight bullet can't come. Oh, when you are under the covering of God. No. No. That's why the man understood what it means to dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. To dwell in the secret place of God. He says, he will send angels over you. He says, a thousand will fall at one side and ten thousand shall fall on the right hand. But it shall not come near you. Why? Because you're hidden. And the Amplified Version says, only a spectator shall you be yourself. Inaccessible. 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 In the secret place of Most High God. As you witness the reward of the wicked. There is a void between you and them. There is a chasm. God can't let them come. You see God deal with them, but they can't touch you. A thousand are falling, but you're not falling. Ten thousand are falling, but you're not falling. Come on! That's a higher life. Instead of understanding how many doors you need to open to rebuke the demonic, and people write notes, they study this thing. You see them, they're still single, they're not having children. Nothing has changed, nothing has changed. But they're studying, they're studying, studying, studying. But nothing is changing. They're filling themselves of learnings that cannot bring them to the knowledge of the truth. The Bible says they're ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Because you have many notes, it doesn't mean you know God. 
No. I'm trying to show you a higher life. Instead of spending all your time studying which demon does what, invest your time. People, I'll tell you again, I repeat, people who do that are not people who know how to dwell in the presence. They don't know the power that comes from sitting in the presence of God. I once shared my first miracle. I was in the room praying the whole afternoon. My mother calls me of a woman with stage 4 cancer serving. She doesn't have a boy there praying. You can take this cancer out of you. Grace, boo, 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 come and help this woman. I come in the room. Put hands on Kedris. She's alive up to today. More than 15 years. Stage 4. Given three months to die. I was not dealing with the demons of the, of the realm. Of the, no. <laughs> you see, you're talking to a generation that can't pray. You're talking to a generation that doesn't know how to pray. Can't even sustain a 10-minute prayer. And you ask yourself why there is no power on our altars. Because we don't know how to pray. We can't even spend time intimately with God. We only go there when we have problems. We are, like I said, damage controlling. There's a doctrine that came from somewhere in West Africa. These guys, I think you heard of the generation of the guys used to say by fire, by force. Yeah, so they used to teach a lot of demonology and what demons do and what they're able to do. And that thing came and it has evolved over. It has gotten, you know, richer language and greater semantics. It's still in their existence. So many people are more susceptible to the teachings of the devil. Like they understand, they can study about the devil. They want to know who the devil is. They study. Literally, they, they are told and taught what the devil can do. This thing they are teaching you about is a defeated foe. Why would you invest time studying about a defeated person instead of studying the victor? Instead of studying the God? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Paul says, I would rather have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Instead of wasting all of this time studying how many you Listen, you can't count every demon. You should and will not know every demon in the world. Even Jesus asked them, who are you? And they say, we are legion. He didn't say, okay, now start telling me name by name. No. Because that's not your time. A third of the angels fell with this man. How many are those? They're in the millions. Are you going to know every fallen angel? This is eternal life. That you might know the one true God and his son Jesus. So we have many people who know so much about Satan. And they know so little about God. So little about God. In the church of Theatira, he talks of them which have not known the depths of Satan. Because there are people who know the depths of Satan. Some people know. <laughs> they study Satan so deeply. They study Satan so deeply. And the more your eyes are open to that world, the more you're defiled. Because there are things your eyes were not designed to see. Forbidden wisdoms. They're not yours. No God. Just know who he is. The Bible says, to whom he did foreknow, he predestinated. And the mystery of predestination is to conform you to the image of the Son. Now the Greek word there for conform is sumorphos. Sumorphos means to look like, to be in the same form, like, to be one like. Do you know what he means? Let me translate it. He's saying, when he called you, his work is to predestinate you to look exact 
like the sun. To look exactly like Jesus. And if he can do that, he says, to whom he predestinates to conform to the image. When you conform to the image, he says he calls you. After calling you, he justifies you. After justifying you, he glorifies you. So you enter a glory where the devil meets you and he sees Jesus. Hey! Hey! Do you understand what I'm saying? You stand and the devil says, this is Jesus. This is a son of God. Because you and him are one. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. That kind of generation cannot worry about witchcraft. Oh! <laughs> Glory to God. That kind of generation cannot worry about... No! Why? Because everywhere you go, you bear the image. When a demon sees you, it says, this is a son of God. First time I understood this, uh, they brought a mad lady, mad, mad. The first time she saw me, the demons in her, they knelt down and they asked, what do you want with us, son of God? They asked me. They had failed to heal her in mental hospital. Mental hospital failed her. And they took her home and locked her up in a metallic room. She used to pluck her hair with her own hands eating sponge let me tell you something when you bear that image even if there's a demon of accidents it will look at you and say no the son of god the daughter of god is seated in that car somebody say i have the life of god <laughs> this is what i learned this is what i learned he says in that time you will hide me let's continue for the time of trouble he will hide me in his pavilion and in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me he shall set me up on a rock and now because he has set you up what's the rock what's the rock what's the rock what's the rock christ thank you you know it you know it paul says he was the rock from which they drank Christ is the typification of the rock. He says, he shall set me upon a rock. Now, when he sets you on the rock, when he builds your foundation on Christ, and Christ only, Christ only, God who at sundry uh, times and in diverse manners spoke unto us by the prophets of old, but he has in these last days appointed and spoken to us by Christ, who is also appointed heir of all that was made even the eons the worlds he was appointed heir of the eons all the ages that should come and that is the one by whom he speaks by now the bible says he has set this man upon a rock and what does the next line say and now listen my head shall be lifted above my enemies round about me my head because i'm standing on christ the solid rock you know that song on christ the solid rock i stand oh me sinking so you see the man who sang that song where he was these hymns you see where he was temper still you demon of my grandfather's uncle leave me let go there's another man lifted seated on a rock above his enemies 
And the Bible says you are a house builded by God. Isn't it? Doesn't the Bible say you're a house builded by God? Yes, the Bible says you are the temple. You are the house builded by God. You are the house builded by God. Now, listen, if you're the house builded by God, the Bible now speaks in the Gospels and says, Blessed is a man who built his house on a rock. The Bible says the rains came, the floods came, the winds blew, and it could not fall. Why? Because it was founded on a rock. That's a man who cannot be moved by anything. This is the man the psalmist is talking about that he has founded, he has built me, he has set me up on a rock as his building, as his tabernacle. Now he says, because of that, my head is lifted above my enemies round about me. That means everything that comes to their life, they are above. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whether the world says it's stage 7, it's stage 20, they are still above it. <laughs> One man sang, I live above the systems of the world. Uh-huh. I totally rely on your word. Uh-huh. No matter what may come away, no matter what I face. Uh-huh. It's you, you are live for. You see, these guys are understanding. These guys are understanding. He says, I live above the systems of this world because he knows he's on a rock. I am above sickness. Tell your neighbor, I'm above sickness. I'm above witchcraft. I'm above weakness. I'm above failure in the name of Jesus. Do you know there are people who can't say that? Yet they are believers of Jesus. Come on, don't be intimidated. So, when this man, because, remember, see the pattern. He's dwelling in the presence. God is filling him and saturating him with all he is. There is an exchange taking place. And as he beholds like in the mirror the glory of God, that man is being transformed and metamorphosed into the very image and likeness of God. So he gets to a place where he is so full, God establishes him on a rock, so he lives above any form of attack. And the next line says, because he is lifted above his enemies, he says, therefore in the tabernacle of God, I'll offer sacrifices of God. I will sing and I will sing praises to the Lord. You know, that kind of man... If you study their life, they live a life of reading the word, studying the word, you know, understanding who God is, praying, and then praising. That is the life they live. That you will never find them saying, you spirit of darkness, I rebuke you, I command you to leave me. No, you will never find them in that zone. That's a lower realm. It's for the babies. So people without relationship. Let me tell you, there is a relationship I have with my child. Do you understand? You can't touch my child in my presence. Because I have a relationship with them. Yet God tells me I can't love my child the way he loves me. And he says, I can do the same for you. I just want you to believe me that I love you that much. I just want you to believe that I love you that much. If I can't let you touch my child. And God says, if you evil men know how to give good gifts. You see, some people may say, but this happened when God was watching. Well, 
do you believe him? He's saying, allow me. Because believing means let me. You see what I'm saying? Somebody one time called me and told me, oh, this person, they want to harm you. Uh, they want to harm you. I told him, brother, don't worry about me. Nobody can harm me. Nobody can harm me. He said, why do you just talk like that? You, you're flesh and blood. I told him, no, I'm not flesh and blood only. <laughs> some of us know where we dwell there are things God has spoken upon my life that a stray bullet can't take out it can't it can't such confidence have we toward God are you following what I'm saying get to that place where you're confident in what can't happen to you but it has to come through a cultivated life of discipline you have to discipline yourself to relate with God you understand what I'm saying? So this man says, because I have been in that realm, I find myself rejoicing. So while some are rebuking devils, for him is singing, as a Pube, see how far you broke. <laughs> as a, because they can see their enemies. I'm so glad you found me worthy. I can see, I can tell. And I know it's your grace, oh my days, I will see you. Oh, is it? See how far you brought. They saw their enemies stumble and fall. They see that they are above attack. I can see, I can tell. These are songs only people who have seen God can sing. So my day, your Jesus is watching over me. Oh, Jesus is looking after me. Jesus is watching over me. I'm shining because. Those are the songs. Live in that life. You'll not waste time. You see, like I read the book of Enoch. Enoch was shown the gates of the stars, the gates of the sun, the gates of this, the gates of that. But when you read the book of Enoch, you see God does not open insight to him on the gates and windows and portals of hell. Yet that's a man who walked with God and he was no more. God acquaints him mostly with the things he must know, touching the right light because the optics are clearly calibrated when you are seeing through the lenses of truth. Instead of knowing how many demons are in the world, I know people who have books on that. 
I remember one time there was a lady called Rebecca Brown. She wrote a book called It Came to Set the Captives Free. But when you read that wonderful book, it was wonderful. There's quite many people that came from demonic work and worship. But you see, the reason why, I'm sorry to use the name, the reason why Rebecca Brown's books later started to, you know, fall out was because she's with a person, she's trying to help this person come of, out of demonic worship and in there, a satanist found us and she strangled us. And I'm thinking, Rebecca, I wish she read Kenneth and understood the believer's authority. You understand what I'm saying? She's saying, oh, we were praying for this person and while we were trying to take them out, the demon strangled us the whole night and then from there, we were running and then they, they brought sickness on us for two weeks. You see, you know what God can do, but you don't know how to appropriate what God can do. You know, you're like a war. You're slapping the devil, he's slapping you back. You slap, some people like that, he's slapping back. Pa, pa. So by the time they say, more than a conqueror, they have a swollen face. Their eyes are beaten. Somebody shout hallelujah. Greater is he who is in you than he which is in the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. How do we preach the gospel like that? The gospel is the testimony of God's victory over Satan. That's the beginning of the gospel. But as the church started to grow and advance, people understood you don't need to go through all of that. You can actually win. You can win. It doesn't mean attacks are not going to come. They will come. But it only means that when they come, they find us ready. They find us ready. Somebody shout hallelujah. They find us ready. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let me talk to our generation. We need to go back to the place of prayer. We need to go back to define our altars and put some flame on these altars because you can't pray and look like that something must change you might learn this next week but eventually we must learn to pray parents let's teach our children to pray you're at school I might not be there for you but I have to teach you how to Create some time and just be with God. You don't even need to be saying much. Put on some worship and sit alone with him. One hour, two hours, it will start showing on you. It will start showing on you. This generation needs more anointing than any generation has needed before. We need to see more power than any generation has needed before. Praise the Lord. And God has prepared vessels in this time we are going to see God we are going to see God those days where it's just one man of God with anointing they are coming to an end you're going to enter a generation where the usher makes the lame man walk so the pastor is not disturbed to preach and those people are here I sense those anointings here I sense them. I'm going to give you two minutes or three just to speak to Jesus. According to the message you've received, just share your heart with God. Share your heart with God. I feel a great impartation is taking place this afternoon. I feel somebody 
receive an impartation. Open your voice and just speak to God. Speak to God. Raise your voice and speak to God. Speak to God. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. God of glory. Majesty. Praise forever. The King of Kings. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. Praise the Father, praise the Son. Come on, speak to Jesus. Father, we repent. We repent where we've esteemed you lightly and chose the idols over you. We repent where we didn't consecrate ourselves to live a life than what we see. We repent where we live as men, not in the image 
and nature you have designed for the new creature. But this is a generation that wants to do it. And we can only do it by your strength. So tonight I pray for these, your beloved, even as I pray for myself. Take us to the next level. Somebody enters a place of demonstrating power like never before. May God use you. Power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We receive it. We go to the next level. 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 Give the Lord a mighty anchor of praise. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. May the lamb walk. May the blind see. May tumors disappear. May our nation change. May the institutions that we work in be changed and transformed. May our houses be filled with the presence of God. May we be stirred to the place of seeking his face and his, his goodness. Inquiring always in his courts to see God as we ought. And count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're there, you've been listening to this sermon, and you say, I want to receive that God as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to have a relationship with that Jesus. Repeat this out after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and you were raised for my glory today i want to begin a relationship with you as i receive you as lord and savior of my life change me transform me heal me deliver me this Amen. sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.